All right, we are in Mark chapter 6. We'll got to talk about that later. Mark chapter 6, we're finishing this up uh, from last week. Uh, We've got the situation, Sea of Galilee right here. Uh, Jesus is apparently in this general area, and he's going to try to go away with his disciples. Uh, Tiberius uh, is right here. This is Tiberius. And this picture, there it is right there. There's Tiberius. That's Tiberius. This picture, I'm standing right here looking this way so you can see tiberius that city and the ancient tiberius is right here you can excavate it right here and then Capernaum would be right up here and the jordan river feeds in right up in this area is feeding in from the north coming in here and there's some springs there then beth beth says that beth Theoda is over there and here's a picture i found this just in my stack this is the gate of Bethsaida from the Old Testament times. And this, there's a bigger, you can see much more, you see the streets. But that would be one of the gods that, uh, uh, the, the, the god of the Syrians that came down, uh, like Ben-Hadad, and those guys would named after him. And they'd put like an offering in that little basket there, and they'd you know, pay homage to the god of the city. That's the Old Testament city uh, that they've excavated down to. That was Peter and uh, James and... Uh, Philip's hometown. But anyway, uh, Jesus is going to take his disciples go away somewhere. He's going to see a crowd. Apparently, in this area, there's a lot of green grass, which means it's springtime there. And there, he's going to come up there, and he's going to uh, begin to teach them. It's going to go late, in, not late, but into the evening, and he's going to feed them. So here's what's going to take place. Uh, that he's going to feed them before it's too late. He's going to send his disciples away to Bethsaida which is right here. They're going to go early in the evening. So maybe the sun is setting. I mean, we don't have times on this, but he's fed the people and he sent them away. He, he sends them away. The disciples are going to be rowing, and the word is struggling, laboring. It's heavy physical work against the wind, and they're going nowhere. I mean, the whole time. Jesus will go up here into a ridge up here where he can see down into the lake. The people are dispersed. And he's going to pray. And then around 3 to 6 o'clock in the morning, he's going to go walking by, passing by on the water. And they're still here. It would seem the intention was that they go and get to Bethsaida uh, uh, early in the evening for the night. But they never make it. Now, when he gets in the boat with them, they arrive here in this plain area on the west side so it seems strange in the story and you've got to make some can there's several ways of putting it together but they start here and you got to decide where they're where they're eating the food you got different locations but they, they're here and they go east and they get out of the boat they're here which makes no sense except if they leave say they leave at like seven eight o'clock and start rowing jesus sends the people away and they row eight o'clock nine o'clock ten o'clock it, it might take eight hours to row across galilee just on a normal day but they're rowing and they're getting nowhere and so it's three o'clock in the morning and they're still right here apparently you know I'm, I'm estimating and then geez because the wind's blowing this way maybe because of a miracle they end up right there now the issue here is who is jesus uh and uh, of course the disciples have come to follow him they've come to believe in him he's got the message of the kingdom but there's a couple places in there that kind of cause you to kind of stumble or struggle. And, and it, you've got to look at these disciples at, with a question, which I think then once you decide that, you can look at yourself. 
and and I like to think, you know, that we're all okay, we're all pursuing God, and we're all got it all figured out, or we understand what God is doing. But when you look at the disciples who are with Jesus, and remember, in in uh, John, we went there last week, he turns to his disciples at this time, right around this time, he says, do you want to leave also? And they've had to make some decision. They're, he's saying some hard things during this teaching. And if they understand who he is, it's not hard at all. But if they're thinking that he's the militant Messiah, and, they, and you know they think that, even, oh, going into Palm Sunday, they're still thinking, it's clear in the Gospels, they're still asking for positions when he comes into his kingdom. And they're not thinking eschatologically someday in the distant future. They're thinking later this week when you establish your kingdom, can I have a position of power? And that's why they're trying to get it before he gets to Jerusalem because we've got to get this thing started because I've got to get my letter of application in because the job's going to open up here in a couple of days. And so they're, they're even James, uh, James and John's mother ask if uh, you know they could have a seat in his kingdom, sit on his right and on his left, and they're not thinking in heaven necessarily, but anyway, so they're thinking he's a military leader or that he's the great Messiah, and it's going to say right here they did not understand when he gets in the boat. It's going to be very clear. It's an odd saying. It says they they their hearts were hardened because they did not understand the loaves, and so out here, Mark makes the comment they 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 didn't understand the loaves because their hearts were hard so whatever happened up here the disciples did not understand what takes place here it's going to say it right here and it's like what didn't they understand they they multiplied the bread they handed out they collected it and jesus sends them immediately and forces them to get in the boat and go to bethsaida bethsaida i keep wanting to say bethesda you know uh and they and and they never make it. They struggle. And when he comes walking across on the water, he, it says their hearts were hardened. Because he's trying to give them a sign of who he is with this bread. And then out here in the water, he's going to give them another sign. And they're not going to understand it. And when it says their hearts are hard right here, this book has already talked about the crowds. Their hearts were hard. Talks about the, uh, re- we'll just say the leaders, the religious leaders their hearts were hard and now the disciples hearts are hard now and what this is saying is the crowds again this is me trying to put this together the crowds have an expectation of what jesus is going to do and when he does something different or shows them something beyond what they want they don't understand that their hearts are hard it's like i want this and you're giving me that i don't want that won't fit in my hard heart the leaders they want something and they have their own plans and jesus is taking it a different direction it's like they don't want that and their hearts are hard they're resisting the disciples they know what they want you can see even when they in the book of mark jesus is going to say we're going to go to jerusalem the son of man is going to be betrayed handed into the the given to the the jews will hand him over he'll be crucified and peter says not so lord peter says no, you're not going to die. That's not the plan. And Jesus is going to call him Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Because there's two plans. There's the world's plans or the cosmos, Satan, that you can play into the world. Or Jesus can execute what, the, what God, his Father, wants him to do. And the disciples are still not on board, nor 
can they be? I mean, can they, could they even understand what Jesus is trying to get done? And so they're in a sense like dead weight or an anchor dragging behind Jesus. And he's trying to show them who he is and what he's doing. And they keep thinking after the loaves, after this event here, they keep thinking Jesus is in a sense, yes, the king, the military king. He's going to fight Rome, overthrow Rome. He's going to establish the kingdom. And that's why Jesus says these things that you remember from the different gospels. He says, what good is it for man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? They're ready to gain. Let's get the world. Jesus, you can do this. The the people in John, it says they want to make him king. You can do this. You have the ability. Well, yes, he's got the ability. Jesus could take over. He could have bowed his knee to Satan. And Satan would have given him all the authority of the earth. But you would have lost your souls. You would have lost everything. And so Jesus is focused on gaining the souls, winning people to his side, bringing people to God uh, through the Son. Yes, eventually the world will be taken. But the disciples, I don't think, are understanding that. And so as we go through this, we'll look at this again. And last week we talked a lot about, or mentioned, especially going to John, that uh, the people wanted to make Jesus king after the food is multiplied. They're going to come and by force make Jesus king. Now we had to go read that in the book of John. It doesn't say that in Mark. Mark doesn't seem to be making as big a deal about this he doesn't say it explicitly he's talking more about jesus revealing himself uh we'll just say revealing uh who he is uh and and john makes a bigger deal about the ideal of the king and and wanting to take him and make him king by force this is within there and you saw that last week that's that's within the text but it's 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 not explicit what's explicit is jesus trying to reveal himself uh and let's take a look at this right here. I'm going to begin in the notes. We've got six pages of notes. They're the same as last week without the last two pages. And uh, I've added a few notes to it, but on page one, uh, I'll just begin reading through the English Standard Version here on, on page one. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. That's Mark chapter 6, verse 30. Uh, after they, now remember, they're just coming back from having taught, healed, and cast out demons. So they, they're in this flow. They're, they're doing miracles. They're in the supernatural. They're proclaiming the gospel, the, the kingdom of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're proclaiming the kingdom. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. So we need to take a break. He realizes, I need to take care of these disciples. So Jesus is compassionate for his disciples. He's going to take them away, get them something to eat, give them a break, get a rest, and let's get at it again. And they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now, many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And remember, Jesus is popular. His disciples have gone out to even, you know, take six groups of two, and they've, they've had these campaigns, advertising campaigns out, and even more people are, uh, are coming or are, are paying attention. And when, it, uh, when, he went, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them. Now his compassion switches from the disciples 
to this great crowd because they were like sheep without a shepherd. You see, right there you're talking shepherd. You're talking about a king. We went through several examples last week of the Old Testament. The kings were the shepherds. They were to take care of the people. They had certain responsibilities. And so it's within Mark the ideal of Jesus is the king and he's going to be the king and he's going to respond and take care of them. But he's and he's going to have the people sit down and you can see him sitting down in a sense in a military formation the wording is there the formation is there the mentioning of the 5000 men which is a legion is there but also as we're going to see tonight there's also the wording for them sitting in dining groups or party groups uh for food distribution so he's now he's are he is he preparing a military or is he feeding the people because they, 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 he has compassion on them? And you can see there's kind of like this tension between both because both are sense true. But in this case, he's just feeding the people. Um, he began to teach them many things. So when he has compassion, he begins to teach. And when it grew late, the disciples came to him and says, this is a desolate place and the hour is late. Send them away. Now, this is practical. You, you don't need to be critical of the disciples. It's getting late. These people are here. Uh, we need to send them away because there's not, there's not enough food for these people. W- what are we going to do with all these people? And so they're saying, as his advisors, uh, send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. And that is not a bad idea. Send them out to get something to eat. Now, Jesus is going to do something here, as we've talked about it, we've seen it. And it, 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 you've got to, so what is he trying to say? He tells them, he's going to tell them, you, it's going to be emphatic, I'll show you it's emphatic, you give them something to eat. Give them something, you, to eat. So he says, give them something to eat. But there's, they're going to put in an unnecessary word in the Greek, the word you. Give them something to eat, but then you say, give them, you, something to eat, meaning not just give them something to eat, but you give them something to eat. And the idea here now is, one, are they supposed to figure it out? You know, like with their budget? Are they supposed to do some kind of a miracle? I will just write, if I can spell miracle. I don't know how to spell miracle. Uh, you know, they've just got them casting out demons and healing. It's like now, it's like now you give them something. Show, show me what you've learned. Can you, like, make bread? I mean, is Jesus saying do some kind of a, a, a sign? And I don't think so. I don't think. Or is he saying, this is a problem. You do it, and it is impossible. Why don't you give them something to eat? Find out how hard this is. Figure out how could you feed these people. And he said, again, I'm going to go with this. He's setting them up. You feed these people, and they're going to be like, and they're going to right there. It's like they got their calculators out. They're looking and trying to find the food. It's like, this is going to take too much money. We don't even have that much money. And it's like, and we checked, we've only got like five loaves and two fish. It's like, Jesus, this is impossible. And I think that's the answer he wanted. Yes. And now he's going to multiply bread. And as we go through the story, you you can consider this. Are the people watching Jesus just like, take this loaf of bread, just keep throwing it out and watch. And here's three more and five more. And look, 10, 20, look, you know, it's just like, wow, look at him. He's just like, like popcorn, just popping bread. It's just popping out of Jesus. Like, and people are like, whoa. Or is he distributing the bread to the disciples and they just keep taking this loaf and he, they're putting it in baskets and they're just, they're, he has the people sit down and the disciples are bringing out and feeding the people and they come back and it's kind of like, and the only people that see potentially are the 12 disciples, just like when he made water turn water wine. They didn't say, okay, we're running out of wine at the wedding. 
And Mary says, Jesus, come on up here. Jesus is going to show you a little wedding trick. Jesus, here's a jar of water. And Jesus says, and finally he starts making wine. Everybody, oh, nice. He was by themselves. And he said, his mom says, whatever, the servants, whatever he says, he says, fill these up with water and take it and serve it to the master. And no one knew except the disciples that were back there and they saw his glory for the first time and they, the the master of the banquet says hey this is the best wine you usually you bring out the cheap wine at the end after everybody's had plenty to drink but you've saved the best for last and they're like this and they all the credit went to the host it's like what what great wine but the disciples in the background going my god he he just turned water into wine, water to wine. Okay. and i think possibly this is taking place right here is theirs because jesus is trying to reveal to them that he is Yahweh, that he is God. And when they see this, they miss it. They stay, and this is my challenge for myself, they stay with this idea. He just fed these people, and they're like, okay, but we're looking for a militant Messiah because we've got to take over Rome. It's like, there's so much more here, guys. Are you seeing? And they're going to say, as as you're going across the water, they did not understand the loaves because their hearts were hard they're looking for jesus to fit their model and jesus is showing him this and just like pharaoh jesus moses was showing pharaoh yahweh and pharaoh's heart was hard he couldn't see it he refused to see it he wanted this but he saw why would you resist after you see all those plagues why would you resist because it doesn't fit your hard heart your heart isn't flexible it, it can't grow and the disciples again we're not making fun of the disciples but understand we are not glorifying the disciples it's jesus and these 12 men no it's not it's jesus and he's trying to explain train these 12 men that just don't get it the crowds don't get it the religious leaders don't get it the disciples don't get it jesus is going to do this whole thing alone so their hearts were hard not that they're not going to learn but it's it's a long way it's it's a it's a hard road to hoe now look at ourselves i mean it's like if we all sit here and we look at each other it's like we're doing all right we're having bible study here on a monday night we're the people of god but i would challenge myself i have this little box that this is god fits in i can tell you all about the bible but i'm I'm probably talking in this little box of my understanding and god is trying to expand my mind challenge me soften my heart so i see a bigger purpose a bigger plan look what god is actually doing god's nature you know but it's like i say well no no i would have to change too much we're going to stay right here in our little bible study and i'm going to teach it just like i do and we're going to stay right here in our little little and we're fine and the disciples are fine too but jesus is wanting something more so so keep i think that's what's happening right here uh okay uh when it grew late okay then here you know the story chapter 6 verse 36 send them away to go to the surrounding countryside and villages to buy themselves something to eat verse 37 but he answered them in the english standard version it says you give them something to eat look under the the greek right below it. i've got it underlined and the greek wording the literal is you can see right there give to them you something to eat now you can take that word you out and it would say give them something to eat so in other words, you do not need the word you in there. Give them something to eat. It's understood. By putting you in there, it's emphatic. Give them something you to eat. Meaning, 
you could say, like we translate it in English, you give them something. In the point emphatically, it's you do it. You give them some. We're not going to send them away. You feed them. Now, you can send them away, not put the burden on them. I want you to do it. Now, you can say, well, they failed. They should have did a miracle. They should have said, oh, Lord, you can feed them. Maybe they should have said you can do it. Uh, and I've got that written down there that it's, it's emphatic. And at point A, uh, they cannot solve this problem. Point B, they have just returned from teaching, healing, casting out demons, but they have no idea what to do because they're going to say, as you can see right here, uh, and he said to them, uh, oh, wait, wait, I skipped a verse. Oh, where am I at? Look, I anyway page page two and he said to them how many loaves do you have go and see and when they had found out they said five and two fish now one thing i didn't mention last week was the fish would have been you know think fish little floppy you know slimy fish they would have been probably two dried fish or two smoked fish that someone had with them and then the loaves that we talked about the size of loaves of bread then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass uh don't want to spend too much time on this but where it says, uh, commanded them to sit down. You can see, to make recline. I've got that in kind of a, a circle or parentheses. That is to lay upon, lay down, to lay back, which was a dining position. So they're just like at the Last Supper, they'd be leaning on one shoulder or one elbow on their side and eating with another hand. And they'd be like leaning around. So you'd almost be like leaning on other people uh, as they would eat. So make them recline. In other words, get them in an eating position in groups and the word groups is two times there you see that i've got it in two squares it's repeated twice symposia symposia and it means uh symposia was originally referring to a drinking party so have them recline in in party formation and a drinking party was the original meaning of the word but it began to develop it wasn't saying a drink it was he wasn't saying drinking party that was the original meaning but it developed into meaning simply a uh, a a dinner party or a banquet have them recline in a dining position have the people to recline in a dining position uh in, in groups of uh, uh it says in groups of 100 or 50 so it says in verse 6 640 so they sat down in groups and again, right there they sat down that word sat down is to fall back reclining at a dinner table or fall back on another person like reclining for dinner so he says have them recline or lay down and they reclined into a dining position dining position Uh, and then the groups groups that's repeated there again that refers it's a different word but it refers to a garden plot or like a garden plot would have different plants in sections you'd have this plant here and this plant here and this this garden plot they're in formation now this would also be a military formation they they recline in a dining party position and they sat down in a garden plot arranged in a military formation so you've got that tension between eating and military still in the background there and point five is there is both the ideal of a military formation organization but also a dinner party in position to have food distributed to them okay after taking the five loaves and two fish he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples 
So again, you've got 5,000 people there, men, plus the families, and the disciples are up there, and he begins, he, he prays, and here I wrote down a prayer that would be similar to the ancient Jewish prayer. If, he, if Jesus prayed the typical Jewish dinner prayer, if he blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. He prays and looks up to heaven. Most of the time, they would, they'd bow their head, but he looks up to heaven, prays into heaven, which was, again, unique uh, in some cases, and then divided them up among them, and he just starts dividing it up. And somehow, we don't know how, miraculously, the food begins to multiply, and the disciples would have been the ones that definitely, the 12 definitely saw it, and it's like, they're looking at an impossible situation and Jesus is doing something that they could not figure out financially. They couldn't figure out with their resources. They didn't even anticipate themselves doing a miracle. When Jesus says, do it, they're trying to figure out how much money they needed, where they could get the food. Jesus just says, bring it to me. And they bring five loaves and two fish, which are not enough, but because Jesus is there with his hands are on it, it becomes more than enough. And turn the page. And that's chapter 6, verse 42, page 3. And they all ate and were satisfied. Now, it's not that they all got a crumb or a biscuit. It's all they all ate enough fish. They had enough smoked fish, dried fish. And they had enough bread that they, it was a great meal. They were all satisfied, uh, which is amazing, but also maybe has an eschatological, the banquet feast of the Lord idea where Jesus is, yeah, the militant king, but he's also going to be the one that provides the banquet. Uh, so that may be within there too. Nonetheless, whatever's taking place here, the disciples are not seeing it. They, they, they were there. They saw the bread multiplied. They hand the bread out. The people are satisfied. And then the disciples are going to go pick up the bread. That's the next verse. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces uh, uh, and of the fish. Now, again, you, you can try to do something magic with that number 12 like it represents and so you can go through commentaries throughout the ages and well the 12 represent 12 tribes you know whatever most likely who saw jesus multiply the bread and who was it given to it was divided among the disciples they are handing it out and each of them probably had a basket and went out and collected what was left over and there's 12 disciples so there's 12 basket and again i don't want to you know boohoo on the mystical magical what's meaning of the word uh 12 there but it probably means 12 disciples had 12 baskets and the 12 that distributed the 12 collected it and that's what 12 means so you know otherwise you get hung up on that and maybe it means more but it's probably just the 12 disciples which puts it right back here did you understand that and it's like they did not understand the loaves it's going to say it because, so something's happening here that the disciples are just missing. And I say again, there's something happening here that Galen just keeps missing. You understand I me? Mean, it's like, and, and it's like, well, you know, I'm glad I'm not like the disciples. It's like, you are so much like the disciples or maybe even further, you know, not maybe, but probably a lot further behind because these guys are going to become apostles. But that's the idea. They're, they're, they're right there next to Jesus, touching Jesus, taking the food that he's multiplying, regathering it, bringing it back to him. And it's like, did you see that? It's like, no, are we going to march on Jerusalem now? It's like, or whatever, whatever they're looking for. Okay. 
And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. Once again, a military number. Just, it's just there. It's like, are we ready? It's like, no, we're not. And then verse 45, immediately, because maybe they're not, no one's getting it. The disciples didn't get it. Well, the crowd definitely didn't get it. And as we read in John, they came to make Jesus king by force. We are going to march on Jerusalem or whatever he's going to do. Uh, and those who ate were 5,000 men. So you got 5,000 men, military age, just being fed, gathered together in military formation. And then the next verse uh, we talked about last week, 645, immediately he made his disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. And again, that's immediately he made them. Okay, okay, guys, you missed it. Okay, so, I mean, I'm, not, I, I'm adding words to this, but he's going to say, uh, the Mark is going to say they did not understand the loaves. So at this point, the loaves have happened. And... They didn't get it. So go away, go row into the wind all night. And so they're going to go row into the wind. Immediately he made his disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. So it would appear that, you know, they've had the evening meal. Sun is setting. Uh, the disciples get in the boat and you go to, I'll meet you at Bethsaida. Uh, and that's where they're headed, but they never make it. So he meets them still rowing and they go back to the west side that's how i'm going to explain that otherwise there's other ways of looking at that but that's what i'm going to go with as far as he sends them to Bethsaida with the intention of meeting him there that's why he is walking there uh and we'll talk about that but when he gets in the boat they head back to the other side uh he dismissed the crowd okay uh some of these things we've already talked about uh john 6 14 you can see there uh, point 10 on the bottom of page 3. Uh, timing of the journey and the night. And I, I, this is kind of important. We already said it. The early evening, the disciples are to go east to Bethsaida. Sometime between 3 and 6 a.m. That's the fourth watch. Jesus finds them still trying to row to Bethsaida. So imagine it's 3 o'clock in the morning. And imagine this, say it's 9 o'clock. You've been rowing for six hours to go to Bethsaida. And they're, and they're straining, they're working, they're laboring, and they're not going anywhere because of the wind. And it's a typical wind coming in from the northeast. But in the morning, they land back on the west side. Okay, turn the page, page four. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. So the disciples are rowing, the crowd's gone away, and this is one of three times in Mark that Jesus goes away to pray. And I'm going to just very quickly look at the other two. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, and you'll, you'll recognize this. Um, Jesus is in Capernaum, chapter 1, uh, in, in verse uh, 21. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. And the, they're, they're impressed. He, uh, he casts out a demon. Uh, everybody's amazed at jesus teaching he goes to peter's house for lunch for the afternoon it's the sabbath it would be a saturday not sunday after church it's a sabbath a saturday and peter's mother-in-law is sick so he heals her and at night uh verse 32 that evening after sunset why after sunset because the sabbath is over and everybody's wanting to talk to jesus but they can't get out and be moving around publicly so they at sunset they, the sabbath is over they all come to peter's house 
And uh, in the evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. They've been waiting all day in synagogue. He casts out a demon. And it's like, oh, we got some more people that could meet with Jesus, but they have to go home, spend the Sabbath. And when the sun goes down, they come to Peter's house with all their demon-possessed, all their sick. Verse 33, the whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Chapter 35, verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place. Once again, the crowd was there late into the evening, late into the morning, and they're finally gone away. He goes off to pray because right here is a, he's got momentum, possibly has to find direction. Again, I don't want to put Jesus in a small light that he's got to find direction, but he does have to follow the Father. And he does have a human nature. It was a temptation by Satan to turn the stones into bread because he could have turned the stones into bread. It was a real temptation. It was also a temptation to bow down and worship Satan. Although I know you won't, but you could. It was a real, you could have it right now. Jesus would walk away from that. And here he's walking away and he comes back from praying and, uh, uh, Verse 36, Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Okay, let's go back and keep this going. We've got momentum. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else. Again, when you've got a hot spot, you're going to work that. Jesus goes to pray because he's supposed to be going off and doing his ministry of proclaiming the gospel around Galilee. And he says, let's go off to some other place. Uh, and notice this so I can preach there also, that is why I have come. I have not come for your plan, Peter. I've come for God's plan, and that's probably where Jesus went off to pray. And then you've got the second situation, 645, right here, where Jesus goes off to pray after this. In John, it says, they came to make him king. The disciples did not understand the, the miracle of the loaves, the sign of the loaves. He goes off to pray, and you get focused. And the last one that we've got, chapter 14 of Mark, we will get here in a few years chapter 14 verse 35 um and this is this kind of sums it up uh chapter this is after the lord last supper uh it's in gethsemane uh there uh, jesus is talking about in verse 27 that someone's going to betray him and Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. Verse 29, see right there? Even if all fall away, I, I will not, because I know what we're doing. We're here on a military mission. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, today, yes, today, or tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. Now that is, we're in chapter 6, and Jesus, or the Mark, Mark is saying, the disciples did not understand this because their hearts were hard. That's chapter 6. You add uh, eight more chapters that now you're in chapter 14. And Peter has now got his act together. He says, I am not turning my back on you. And Jesus says, Peter, tonight, today, he says, I tell you, before the rooster crows tw two times, twice, you will disown me three times between now and the time the sun comes up you'll say i do not know this man one two three times peter you're going to collapse tonight and and P peter but peter insisted emphatically it says in the niv even if i have to die with you i will never disown you 
And all the other disciples said the same. And then within a few hours, they're all hiding. And so, they're, I mean, the book of Mark is by no means painting the disciples as heroes. It's painting them as students, who are tr- men who are trying to comprehend the revelation of Jesus Christ. And they're struggling up until the time of the resurrection. And then the book ends, and they all went away afraid. It's like, and so now what do you think? Okay, here's the verse now, verse 32. They went to a place called Gethsemane after that, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. So his soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He is struggling. So when he goes away to pray after Capernaum, or he goes away to pray after the feeding of the 5,000, and these are the three times he goes away and prays at night, this may be an, a, another closer look at the struggle that he's going through as he's praying, as he's trying to follow God. Because he comes back after the first one in Capernaum, says, we've got to keep moving. That is why I was sent. I came for this reason. Because there's, well, let's read this. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that it, if possible, the hour might pass from him. He prays, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. In other words, he's looking at the cross. He says, take this away. Is there something else we can do? But that's my will but I'm come to do your will. There's a collision between Jesus' will and God's will right here. If you would got Jesus' human will, he says, take this from me. That's what I want. But he says, I want to do what you want. So it's like he has a will that's against God's, but he's submitting to it, if you understand what I'm saying. I mean, it's not like sinning. He's just realizing, I want to go this way. I want to follow Peter and the disciples and their advice with uh, the at Capernaum I want to follow the disciples and the people in John chapter 6 they want to make him king it's like now if you had a big mass of people wanting to make you king what would you say it's like I could probably work with that I could probably you know I could see that working with the generation word ministry if I was like a yeah what a great opportunity a lot more exposure I think this is God's will it would you could talk yourself into it and the disciples are all convinced already and Jesus is like, I got to go pray. <laughs> I got And he goes and prays, and, and it's like, no, that's not what we're going to do. And here, he says it right, very clearly. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. I mean, they're, they'll, they're willing to die for him, but can we get some sleep first? Simon, he says, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into the temptation. And that's interesting. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. I mean, it's like he's, he's still, he still hasn't resolved. He's, his soul is still, I don't want to say in rebellion, but his soul, his human soul still wants his own will. So he goes away again. Uh, when, uh, okay, he did not, okay. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. We could read what he just prayed. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy they did not know what to say to him 
returning the third time, he said to them, this is the third time he goes off to pray, are you still sleeping and resting? Enough, the hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. In other words, he's trying to figure out some way, but he finally submitted completely, and he, he never turns back at that point. Anyway, those are the three times Jesus goes off and prays alone. Okay, now back to the notes, page four. Chapter 6, verse 47, And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. So the the boat is on the sea. He's up there praying. And Jesus is going to reveal to his disciples that he is God. Now, I I need a a map of Galilee here uh, for my own weakness, my own visual. Here's a map of Galilee, and that's don't look too close. Jesus is here. The disciples are rowing this way to Bethsaida right here. He goes down now. He's going to come out, and he's going to walk out here this way alongside them or by them. And he's going to, the whole point apparently is he is revealing to them who he is, that he is, that Jesus, we can just say Jesus is God, Jesus is Yahweh, that Jesus is the is Yahweh, of the Old Testament is Jesus today. It, it, it's, it's the same person. And that's, that, I think, is what was going on. The loaves were supposed to communicate that. Who else can multiply bread? It, in John, it says, they says Moses gave his people food. Now you can do it. Jesus says Moses didn't give them food. God gave them food. Moses was the one that was overseeing it. But God, just like the disciples handed out the bread, they didn't make the bread. God made the bread and distributed it. Moses didn't make the bread. God made the bread. Moses oversaw it. So again, the point there, someone greater than Moses is here. So Jesus revealing himself uh, that he's much more than what they think. Whatever they think he is, they're not understanding who he is. Um, chapter 6, verse 48. And he saw that they were making headway painfully. And that word painfully is, is, is a struggle it's it's laboring it's great struggle i mean their their arms are exhausted i mean they're rowing for their lives and they're going probably moving backwards as they row uh towards bethsaida uh, for the wind was against them and about the fourth watch of the night that would be 3 a.m to 6 a.m sometime during that time period so again it's been a while they should have made it by now about the fourth watch of the night he came to them here it is walking on the water or walking on the sea he meant to pass them by or meant to pass them well, here it is two things right here and th- this sometimes uh you can miss this and it, it becomes confusing but, but i think i think we got a handle on this um walking on sea and passing by and at first if you again it took me a while to figure this out i read some commentaries i thought about it and i you just you just kind of have some goofy ideas corny ideas and you got because when was the last time you saw this people in a boat and then the guy walking by on the sea and the disciples remember these disciples a good handful of them they make a living on the sea fishing at night so, I mean, these guys are out here. If I was out in a boat in the middle of the sea at night, I'd be scared. Just because I was out in a boat at night on the sea. Uh, these guys live out here. Now, as they're rowing, Jesus walks by. 
they, they see something they've never seen before. They see a ghost. They see an image of a ghostly figure, a, 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 a soul without a body walking, and it, it's Jesus. They don't know who it is. They don't recognize, hey, it's Jesus. They don't know who it is. It scares them. But Jesus is going to be passing them by. So, well, let's read right here. I'll read it in the English. Uh, and when the evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them. So he's walking on the sea, and it's like, well, those guys are s- too slow for me. I'll just go ahead and walk in. I don't have any trouble with the wind. It'd be quicker for him to just go over there, maybe get a coffee and wait for him there in the coffee shop for, to finally get the boat across. He's walking by them. It's like... He scares them. What, what, what's going on? It's like, why don't you help them? Why don't you say, hey, follow me, guys? Or, you know, he's just walking by. He's just going to take a shortcut across the lake. It, it just, it's just weird. Except this plays into right here. Look at this. Go to Job. I've got it written down there. Go, but go to Job chapter 9. I'm going to show you three verses. Job chapter 9. And basically it comes down to this. In the Old Testament, in, in uh, 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 Job, in Psalms, in Isaiah, with Moses, uh, the one who walks on the water, the one who treads on the waves, is Yahweh. Yahweh is the one who treads on the water. From the beginning of time, he treads on water. If it be at creation, if it be at the Red Sea, if it be in any kind of a storm, he is the one who is Lord of the sea. He treads on the water. And here's Job, possibly uh, the first book written down, uh, compiled. Again, you're looking at Genesis, a compilation of ancient writings, which would be older than the book of Job. But here we're looking in chapter uh, Job chapter 9. Uh, man, look at chapter 9, verse, verse nine, verse 1. Then Job replied, Indeed, I know that this is true, but how can a mortal be righteous before God? Though one wished to dispute with him, he could not answer him one time out of a thousand. It goes on, talks about how great God is. His wisdom is profound. His power is vast. We're looking in verse 8. Verse 8 now of chapter 9 of Job. He stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. Hear that right there? treads on the waves of the sea okay we're not done he is the maker of the bear and orion this formations this constellations the pleiades and the constellations of the south he performs wonders that cannot be fathomed miracles that cannot be counted watch this verse 11 when he passes me i cannot see him when he goes by, I cannot perceive him. Don't miss that. Because that's exactly what Jesus is doing. He's, right here, passing by. Now, Job is our first one. Job, God is going to pass by, and he can't be perceived. He can't be seen. You're going to have Moses here in just a moment. Moses wants to see God. He says, I'll let my glory, my goodness pass by, but you cannot see me. And Elijah, same thing. He's going to pass by. So you've got one, two, three. This passing by is not Jesus looking at the boat saying, that ah, looks like a lot of work. I'll just go get a coffee. And walks on in to wait for him at Bethsaida. It's, 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 it's Jesus doing this. 
He's doing what God did in the Old Testament for Job, for Moses, for Elijah. But every one of them could not what? Perceive him, see him, see his face. He just walked by. They could just know that he had passed by, but no one can see him. Jesus is doing the same. Guys, you don't get it. Did you get the loaves? Do you understand? Get in a boat. Go. go. I'll take care of this. Departs from people. Goes up and prays, and then get, here, now he's going to give him another chance. He's going to now, walking on the sea, who walks on the sea? Yahweh walks on the sea. Yahweh walks on, he treads on the waves of the sea. And he was going to pass by, just like it would be Job, Moses, Elijah, and now the disciples, he just passes by. Except this time with the disciples, he stops and gets in the boat. Have you learned anything? It's like he was multiplying bread, walking on the sea, passing by like Job, Moses, and Elijah, and they thought it was a ghost. It's like, no. And he says right there in the text, I am, and gets in the boat. Okay, I'm not your militant leader. I'm not going to be your king. I'm not taking over the world. I am Yahweh. Do you understand? And they're like, so that they couldn't understand. I mean, it's, 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 and it's like, you say, wow, they, they, what do they need to know? And I look at myself, it's like, how much am I missing? I mean, it's like, it's not like, well, those stupid disciples, it's like, they're looking, Job, Moses, and Elijah, they couldn't perceive it. And now Jesus is in the flesh saying, now I've come, I'm one of you, I'm with you. Do you perceive this? It's like, are we going to take over the kingdom now? It's like, you know, before he ascends into heaven, they never gave up. He's going to ascend into heaven. And they're standing on the Mount of Olives. And they go, okay, resurrection, that surprises. Been a pretty cool 40 days. Okay, now, what else is there? We've been to Galilee. We've come back. We're in Jerusalem. Are you at this time going to now restore the kingdom of Israel? Is it time now finally? It's like that, that last 40 days really threw us for a loop. Now, now we're going to do what we plan on, right? It's like, no, it's not for you to know. And then he ascends into heaven. It's like, he says, go wait in Jerusalem until my spirit comes. So they, they ran this all the way up until he ascends into heaven, they're still saying, that was, that resurrection, pretty cool. I mean, the lows, the walking on the water, uh, the whole deal. But the resurrection, top notch, top notch. Now, about the kingdom, can we get that started? Now, it's like, no, go to Jerusalem. We're not even done. It's like, what? And the, the spirit had to come. Okay, let's go ahead, look at a few more things. <coughs> because on here, and I, we're going to go to uh, go to uh, uh exodus here in a moment but job point three on on a bottom page four job nine eight through twelve is written right there and i've got it underlined trample the waves of the sea behold he passes by me i see him not he moves on but i cannot perceive him that's exactly what's taking place right here and and notice both those lines and i've got that written down here uh point a it's linguistically similar to mark and the wording treads the waves of the sea is the same wording as in mark uh and I've got the, I got the Job Hebrew written out right there. So it, it's almost that, that walking by the sea and passing by. I've got to say, you can keep checking and looking and trying to figure out what does it mean he was, went like he was going to pass by. It was like he intended to pass by. Or the word is, I think I've got it written down here. He wished to pass. Yeah, it means uh, he was wishing, he was willing, he was desiring, he was intending to pass by. So he was passing by just like God wished, he willed, intended. But instead, this time, 
he turns to them and they see. But the walking on the sea and the passing by, that is the only way I, and I'm not saying it's the only way, but it's the only way my brain, my mind, my understanding can figure out what is that verse doing. He was intending to pass by, but then he stopped and got back in. It's like, well, if Jesus is intending to pass by and get to the coffee shop first, what, well, he just walks over there and goes there. Why does he stop and get in the boat? Well, because he was, he was fulfilling, I am Yahweh, but now I'm in the boat with you. Uh, turn the page. Uh, Psalm se- on page 5, se- Psalm seventy-seven nineteen. Again, just another verse. Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You went there, but we could not see where you had been. Isaiah 43, 126. That's not 126. I think it's, what, it's 43, 16. I, that's a mistake. I don't think the 126 verse in Isaiah 43. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. Uh, and these are the three references right here of intended to pass by or was wishing to pass by. Uh, there's Exodus 33, verse 18. I want to read that. Exodus 33, verse 18. This would be obviously more familiar than the Job reference. Exodus 33, verse 18, reading up through 18 to 23. Um, Exodus chapter 33, I'm in verse 12. This is the, in the NIV, it's titled Moses and the Glory of the Lord. Um, It's chapter 33, verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name. You have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your way so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. So he wants to be taught. Now it goes on, talks about this. The Lord, verse 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. I will teach you, but my presence will go with you. Oh, my, your presence is going to be with me? Then Moses said to you, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. You need to stay with us, okay? I'm going to be with you. Verse 17, and the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing I, you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. I'm going to be with you. Then verse 18, watch this. Then Moses says, now show me your glory. Jesus, the Lord was saying, I will be with you. My presence will not leave you. I'll stay with the people. Okay, good. Now, can I see your glory? And the Lord says, I will cause all my goodness, here it is, to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, Yahweh, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Uh, He said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. The best you're going to get is I'm going to pass by and I'll proclaim my name or the word to you, but you cannot see this. Moses, I will pass by you. Job says he'll pass by, but I cannot perceive him. Moses, God says, I'll pass by, but you will not see me. I'll proclaim my name. You'll hear my word. I'll teach my ways, but you cannot see me. Uh, Then the Lord says, there is a place near me where you may stand by stand on a rock when my glory passes by i will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until i have passed by so he's going to pass by but i'm going to cover you so you cannot see me pass by see i mean 
He's passing by right here. This chapter, this section is all about passing by, passing by, and Moses not being able to see God. And so when Jesus is passing by, he's doing the same thing he did with Moses, except this time he's passing by the disciples who are too dense even to ask to see the Lord. He's trying to say, do you see me? He's in front of them, multiplying bread, walking on water. Do you see me? It's like, it's a ghost, it's a ghost. It's like, no, it is I. I'm the one Moses want to see that Job knew he couldn't see. And then we could go on to uh, Ezekiel or Elijah. And uh, again, we're running out of time. First Kings 19. Well, I I got time. It's only two verses. That shouldn't take more than 20 minutes. First Kings. First Kings uh, 19. Again, I, I love this story because you think Elijah is like this great man of God who goes down possibly to Mount Sinai, which is up here, and, uh, and God's not happy at all. I mean, it, no, mo, Elijah is a prophet who's having possibly a mental breakdown. Uh, he's down there, it's like, and it's not even supposed to be there. He's just caused a revival. They've just had fire fall out of heaven on Mount Carmel. And then Jezebel writes a letter, a note that says, I want Elijah's head. And Elijah goes, he just called fire out of heaven. He defeated the prophets of Baal. He's got a major revival breaking out. People have now seen God's work for the first time in a long time. And Jezebel says, I'm going to cut your head off. Elijah should have said, like, how are you going to do that? I mean, that could not be the worst idea you've ever had. Instead, he runs all the way. I wish I had a map. But he runs all, Mount Carmel's right here. He runs all the way down to uh, uh, Jerusalem, past Jerusalem. He runs all the way through the Negev all the way down into Sinai, wherever Mount Sinai is at. There's a couple locations that you can think about. But he's, he's gone down through Edom. He's outside the country of Israel hiding from Jezebel. And God says, what are you doing here? Asked him three, what are you doing here? He says, I'm, I'm the only one left. I'm the only one left. And everyone else is, I'm, it's like, my gosh, you, you've got a nation ready to follow you. Well, anyway, so he's not even supposed to be there. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 10. I don't have time to go any further with that. Yet again, it's a, it's a great story of, of, of self-pity. Uh, chapter 10. Uh, and the word of the Lord came to him. Well, here's verse 9. What are you doing here, Elijah? And, and what God means by that is, what are you doing here, Elijah? <laughs> Last I had you was on Mount Carmel in northern Israel as my prophet. What are you doing here? You're back where Moses started down in Sinai. You're not even in northern Israel. You're past Judah. You're through Edom. You're in Sinai. What are you doing here? It's not like, oh, what art thou doing us here? It's like, and it's like, you dork, what are you doing here? If I could paraphrase. He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down the altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord says, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, and the Lord is about to pass by. Okay, and the Lord is about to pass by. Oh, I've got to keep reading. Then the great, now again, all these things, all these great things take place. Are you ready? And the Lord is going to go out, stand on the mountain, stand out here like Moses wanted to see me. You go stand out here. You came down to see me like Moses. You go stand on the side of the mountain. I'll show you me. And this is not, this is not a pleasant experience. And Elijah's as hard-hearted, possibly, as the disciples are. 
Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Ah, did the Lord pass by? No. That was the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. Well, what does the Lord look like? What's it like? What's the glory like? And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, a little whisper, it's God's voice. He pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. He's going to hear the voice of God. Then the voice of, said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? <laughs> I have been very zealous for the Lord your God Almighty. This was every day that you come. It's like, No. What are you, Elijah was not even supposed to be there. I mean, it, it's really a funny scene. What are you doing here? He says, I, I get, okay, he says, I'll do all these things, and none of it's me. There's only one thing you're going to get from me here. What are you doing here? Get back there. And he ends up, what he ends up, the next verses, he loses his ministry. He says, okay, all right. Go anoint Elisha. He lives here, anoint Elijah, and he will finish your ministry. And he identifies there's three things Elijah's supposed to do. Elijah ends up finishing Elijah's ministry. Elijah's ministry, he, never, he doesn't fulfill it. He doesn't, it's, it's, it's a disaster. You think Elijah, a mighty man, he was, uh, but for some reason he got off track. Nonetheless, here's the same thing. He's passing by, and we'll pick this up next week, obviously. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. Uh, again a ghost a spirit a ghost-like image of a person for they all saw him and were terrified but immediately he spoke to them and says take heart it is i do not be afraid and right there i've got it in the again in the box there you can see right there in the greek i am fear not and jesus has now just revealed himself and he got into the boat with them see now look right here job couldn't perceive him moses didn't see him elijah just kept hearing the voice what are you doing here? They, they, but they all pass by. Jesus passed by. He answers them, I am he. And he gets in the boat with them and the wind ceased and they were utterly astounded. Yahweh just got in their boat. And that, I mean, that's the point. Yahweh, Job, no. Moses, no. Elijah, no. The disciples just got in the boat with them. The weather stops. For they did not, watch, verse 652. Here it is. For they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. So they, they didn't understand this. He passed by, gives them something all these people wanted. They have it, but it's like, I, I don't, I, we don't understand this uh, because their hearts were hardened. When they'd crossed over, in here, right here, verse 50, when they'd crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and moored or anchored to the shore. And that's on the other side, and that's a three-and-a-half-mile land right here, about a mile wide, very green grass, a lot of nice trees. There's a city named the same thing, but they're heading here. All this takes place. When they got in, they landed right here. And I've got to think they turned around and rode back, or the wind had been blowing them back this whole time. And when they get turned around, it's like, we've been going backwards all night. So that would make this whole event take place here. But nonetheless, they are here. They head here, they don't make it, and they end up here. We'll pick that up next week. Uh, I think Jesus is trying to show them with the loaves, with the walking on the water, the passing by, and then finally, I am. 
get a bigger vision, guys. This is Yahweh that is with you, not, not just some military king that's going to take over. And again, they're processing. I'm going to pray, and we're done. Father, we do thank you for the chance to look into your word. We ask that we would have hearts that would seek you, that would understand you, and we thank you for your patience. We thank you for your grace and for your word, and we ask that the Spirit would lead and guide us and that we would be submissive and humble to hear and follow the directions you've given to us. Again, we do thank you and ask that we would be a light in this generation and be able to share your kingdom and your truth and the, and the goodness of Jesus Christ with others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for your time.